ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد سكنتينينغ ويز بلوغ المرام كتاب الصيام We're now on the hadith of Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu qal qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam man nasiya wa huwa sa'imun fa'akala aw shariba falyutimma sawmahu fa'innama at'amahu allahu wa saqah muttafaqun alayhi uh, The hadith of Abu Huraira he says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said whoever forgets whilst he is fasting and he eats or drinks, then he should carry on and finish his fast for the day. Because indeed it is Allah who gave him that food and drink. Hadith which is in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Also, وَلِلْحَاكِمْ مَنْ أَفْطَرَ فِي رَمَضَانَ نَاسِيَا فَلَا قَضَاءَ عَلَيْهِ وَلَا كَفَّارًا Whoever eats or drinks something in Ramadan whilst being forgetful, whilst forgetting and doing it, then there is no qada. He doesn't have to make it up afterwards. Wala kafara, And there is no expiation upon him. So what's the meaning of these ahadith? These ahadith now are speaking about someone who forgets and eats or drinks by accident. eats or drinks by accident uh, because eating and drinking obviously breaks the fast of a person and that is evidenced by the texts and the consensus of the scholars if someone eats and drinks purposely if someone eats and drinks purposely then it breaks his fast because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in the Quran وَكُلُوا وَشَرَبُوا حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمُ الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الْخَيْطِ الْأَسْوَدِ مِنَ الْفَجْرِ ثُمَّ أَتِمُّ الصِّيَامِ Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said you can eat and drink until الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضُ الْخَيْطُ الْأَسْوَدِ meaning of it the fajr until it becomes clear to you that the fajr has begun i.e. the time to stop eating has come so when that time becomes clear to you then you stop eating أي الإمساك عن الطعام والشراب إلى الليل meaning that you have to then stop eating and drinking up until the night up until the Maghrib time it comes and you can open your fast so during the day eating and drinking and intercourse and these affairs they are not permissible and they break the fast for anyone who does them purposely however somebody who eats and drinks forgetfully then that does not affect his fast الشيخ صالح الفوزان حفظه الله تعالى says ولكن من أكل أو شرب وهو ناس فإنه لا يؤثر على صيامه whoever eats or drinks forgetfully he forgets and eats or drinks something then that doesn't affect his fast because of this hadith that we've just read من نسي وهو صائم فأكل أو شرب فليتم صومه فإنما أطعمه الله وسقاه Whoever eats and drinks forgetfully, then he should carry on the day. Carry on fasting for the rest of the day and there's nothing upon him. 
Because indeed it is Allah who has given him the food and the drink. فَدَلَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ صَائِمًا إِذَا أَكَلَ نَاسِيًا وَشَرِبَ نَاسِيًا أَنَّ هَذَا لَا يُبْطِلُ الصِّيَامِ So this hadith indicates that somebody who eats or drinks forgetfully, then that does not falsify, it does not break his fast. It doesn't finish his fast. وَأَنَّ صَوْمَهُ مُتَوَاسِلٌ صَحِيحٌ Rather the hadith indicates that his fast, it is still continuing. He carries on and the fast continues to the rest of the day and it's okay. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُؤَاخِذُ النَّاسِ عَلَى النِّسْيَانِ Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not hold people accountable for forgetfulness. If somebody forgets, then this forgetfulness is not held accountable as Allah stated in the Qur'an, رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِنْ نَسِينَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا Oh Allah, do not hold us accountable if we forget or we make a mistake. وَالنَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَقُولُ And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم also said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَجَاوَزَ عَنْ أُمَّةِ الْخَطَأْ وَالنِّسْيَانِ وَمَسْتُكْرِهُ عَلَيْهِ In this authentic hadith where the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has passed by, has forgiven my nation for mistakes or for forgetfulness or for things which they are forced to do. Maybe somebody forces you to do something, compels you. You have no choice and it's something which is bad, then you won't be held accountable. So that's what the hadith indicates, that forgetfulness, you're not held accountable for it. So if somebody forgets and eats and drinks, then you're not held accountable. فَإِنَّمَا أَطْعَمَهُ اللَّهُ وَسَقَاهُ Because indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He fed him and gave him the water or the drink. Its meaning is, أَنَّ هَذَا رِزْقٌ سَاقَهُ اللَّهُ إِلَيْهِ لَيْسَ لَهُ فِيهِ اِخْتِيَارِ This is sustenance and provisions that Allah gave to you without your choice. You didn't purposely eat or drink, you forgot and you ate it. So that's okay, that doesn't affect your fast, that is something that was decreed for you, and it was out of your choice, it wasn't something you purposely did. وَإِنَّمَا هُوَ شَيْءٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ جَلَّ وَعَلَى So that's something that was come to you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَهَذَا مِنْ قِبَلِ اللَّهِ لَا مِنْ قِبَلَ الْعَبْدِ So this was from Allah. Allah caused you or, or the decree was such that you were going to eat on that day. It wasn't your choice or your uh, decision that you're purposely going to eat, but it happened and so that sustenance came to you for that day. وَإِنَّمَا الَّذِي يُفْسِدُ الصِّيَامِ مَا كَانَ مِنْ قِبَلِ الْعَبْدِ مُتَعَمِّدًا what breaks your fast is if you eat and drink purposely yourself. That breaks the fast. But if you forget and you're eating something, then that's it. You stop and you carry on fasting as soon as you remember. وَفِي الرِّوَايَةِ الْأُخْرَى لَا قَضَاءَ عَلَيْهِ وَأَصْلُ الْحَدِيثِ لِيُتِمَّ صَوْمَهُ وَفِي الرِّوَايَةِ لَا قَضَاءَ عَلَيْهِ فَدَلَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ صِيَامُهُ صَحِيحٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ صِيَامَهُ صَحِيحٌ لِأَنَّهُ لَوْ كَانَ صِيَامُهُ غَيْرَ صَحِيحٌ لَوْ وَجَبَ عَلَيْهِ الْقَضَاءُ In another narration it says that if you eat and drink forgetfully, then as soon as you remember, obviously you have to stop and carry on fasting for the rest of the day. But do you have to make that day up or not? This other narration says you don't have to make it up either. If you eat or drink something forgetfully, as soon as you remember you stop. And you carry on fasting for the rest of the day and that fast is okay. You don't have to make it up afterwards. لأنه لو كان صيامه غير صحيح لوجب عليه القضاء فالروايتان 
تدلني على أن صيامه صحيح. So these narrations they indicate that the fast of the person is still okay and it is correct and it is not false, it is not uh, nullified and he doesn't have to make it up afterwards. And similarly, there is no expiation upon him. He doesn't have to uh, feed the uh, poor people or make up fasts afterwards. Nothing has to be done. His fast is still correct. The next hadith. وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من ذرعه القيء فلا قضاء عليه ومن استقاء فعليه القضاء رواه الخمسة وعله أحمد وقضاه درقتني This hadith now says that whoever من ذرعه القيء whoever vomits vomiting comes upon him if that vomiting comes by itself, naturally something happens, he doesn't feel well and he vomits. Then there's nothing upon him. He doesn't have to make up the fast afterwards. But if he purposely makes himself vomit, he does something to make himself vomit on purpose, then he has to make up that fast afterwards. This hadith now the shaykh says, it's about the issue of vomiting. Uh, and the shaykh says, وَهُوَ الْإِسْتِفْرَاغِ And that is to empty out your stomach of the contents. Whatever food is in there, you vomit it out. وَهَذَا إِنْ كَانَ بِغَيْرِ اِخْتِيَارِهِ ذَرَعَهُ يَعْنِي غَلَبَهُ وَخَرَجَ بِدُونِ اِخْتِيَارِهِ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يُؤَثِّرُ عَلَى سِيَامِهِ If you vomit whilst you're fasting without any input yourself, it's not your choice. You don't feel well and you just end up vomiting. Then there's nothing upon you. There's no... Uh, issue upon you, you don't have to make up the fast afterwards. Your fast is okay. Because that wasn't your choice. You don't feel well, something happens, it's not your choice, you end up vomiting. That's not your choice, that wasn't your fault, so there's nothing upon you. However, if the person himself makes himself vomit or does something on purpose to make himself vomit, then, uh, or like for example, the Sheikh says, uh, For example, he uses something that causes or brings about this vomit, then that breaks his fast. If he purposely does something himself to make himself vomit, and he vomits, then that breaks his fast. Why? Because the Sheikh says it's similar to cupping. Remember in that section we said there's two ways to break your fast, either by eating or drinking something, or by taking something out of your body. Taking blood out of your body, it breaks your fast, as some of the scholars they mentioned. The cupping. This now you are taking out whatever food you've got in your body, and you're making yourself weaker as a consequence. So that taking the food out of your stomach by vomiting and making yourself weaker, that is something which is not correct, and that is something which therefore breaks your fast. وَقَدْ ذَكَرَ الْعُلَمَاءُ أَنَّ الْمُهَطَّرَاتِ عَلَى نَوْعِينَ And like we said, the scholars have mentioned that those things that break your fast are two types. إِدْخَالُ شَيْءٍ إِلَى الْجَوْفِ Either entering something into your stomach, eating and drinking, etc. أَوْ إِخْرَاجُ شَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْجِسْمِ مِمَّا يَتَقَوَّى بِهِ Or the second way to break your fast is to remove something from your body which you need for energy. Like blood. If you remove lots of blood, it makes you weaker. If you remove the food from your stomach by vomiting, it makes you weaker. 
Also, al-hayd, the women who menstruate, blood is being lost from their body, it makes them weaker in that state. And nifas, the post menstrual, the postnatal bleeding, the woman bleeds and it makes her weak in that time. هَذِهِ إِسْتِفْرَاغَاتِ ذَتَعَمَّدَ الْقَيْءِ فَإِنَّهُ هُوَ الَّذِي فَعَلَهُ وَأَخْرَجَ مَا فِي قُوَّتِهِ فَيُبْتَلُ سِيَامُهُ بِذَلِكِ So, these types of actions, they remove energy from your body. So if a person did it on purpose, he made himself vomit, then that breaks the fast. The next hadith, that's the issue of vomiting. If it's accidental, it just happens, it's not your fault, you just felt bad, you felt bad and ill and it happened, then there's no problem. But if you do something on purpose to make yourself vomit, your fast is broken and you have to make it up. Next hadith, وَعَنْ جَابِرِ بْنِ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ خَرَجَ عَامَ الْفَتْحِ إِلَى مَكَّةَ فِي رَمَضَانِ Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhuma says that the Prophet ﷺ, he went out from Medina to Mecca in Ramadan. In the year of the conquering of Mecca, when the Muslims went to Mecca and they conquered Mecca and they opened up Mecca and they made it Muslim. In the eighth year of Hijri. فَصَامَ حَتَّى بَلَغَ كُرَاعَ الْغَمِيمِ So when they went out on this journey, and you know Medina to Mecca, it's four or five hundred kilometers, like from here to London. It's a long journey. So when they went out on this journey, it's mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ fasted up until they reached Kura'a al-Ghamim. I will mention that in the explanation. فَصَامَ النَّاسِ So similarly, the people, they were also fasting. ثُمَّ دَعَى بِقَدْحٍ مِمَّاءٍ فَرَفَعَهُ Then the Prophet ﷺ requested that some water be brought to him, some bucket of water, and then he raised it up. حَتَّى نَذَرَ النَّاسُ إِلَيْهِ Until the people, they saw him with this water. ثُمَّ شَرِبَ Then he drank it. فَقِيلَ لَهُ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ So it was said to him after that, إِنَّ بَعْضَ النَّاسِ قَدْ سَامِ That some people are still fasting. فَقَالْ أُولَٰئِكَ الْعُسَاتُ أُولَٰئِكَ الْعُسَاتُ Those are sinners, those are sinners. وَفِي لَفْظٍ And in one wording of the hadith, فَقِيلَ لَهُ It was said to him, إِنَّ بَعْضَ النَّاسِ قَدْ شَقَّ عَلَيْهِ الصَّيَامِ That some of the people, it has become very difficult for them to fast because they're on the journey. وَإِنَّمَا يَنْتَذِرُونَ فِي مَا فَعَلْتَ but rather they are waiting for that which you did. فَدَعَى بِقَدَحٍ مِّن مَاءٍ بَعْدَ الْعَصْرِ فَشَرِبَ So the Prophet ﷺ brought this water and he drank it to let them know you can open your fast. That hadith is a Sahih Muslim. Now we'll look at it in detail what it means. So this hadith basically it's about traveling. When you're traveling, what's the rulings of fasting? What are the rulings of fasting when you are traveling? وَهَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَيْهِ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَىٰ And it's also mentioned in the Qur'an. Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, وَمَنْ كَانَ مَرِيضًا أَوْ عَلَىٰ سَفَرٍ أَوْ عَلَىٰ سَفَرٍ فَعِدَّةٌ مِّنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرٍ And whoever is ill or on a journey, then he can make up alternative days. So the issue of the traveling was mentioned there. And in another ayah it's mentioned, فَمَنْ كَانَ مِنْكُمْ مَرِيضًا أَوْ عَلَىٰ سَفَرٍ فَعِدَّةٌ مِّنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرٍ and whoever from amongst you is ill or on a journey, then you can make up other days. فَالْإِفْطَارُ فِي الصَّفَرْ فِي رَمَضَانِ دَلَّ عَلَيْهِ الْكِتَابُ وَسُنَّ وَالْإِجْمَاعِ So therefore, not having to fast when you are traveling is something which is proven in the Qur'an and the Sunnah and by the consensus of the scholars. If you are on a journey somewhere, you're traveling, you don't have to fast. However, look, لِأَنَّهُ عُذُرٌ يُبِيحُ الْفِطَرِ Because that is 
reasoning, a legitimate reason which allows you to break your fast with the evidences from the Quran and the Sunnah. That indicates the ease within the legislation. The ease, how easy Allah has made this religion for the believers. That if they are traveling, they don't have to fast. And also, it indicates how this religion it always removes any difficulty or hardship or any problems. When you're out journeying and traveling, it's difficult, it's hard. To have to fast on top of that will make it even more harder. So religion of Islam, it removes these types of difficulties and hardships. فَإِنَّ السَّفَرْ مَذَنَّةُ الْمَشَقَّةِ No doubt when you are traveling, it is a time of difficulty. When you're away from home, you don't have your facilities, you don't have food and drink, you're out on a long journey somewhere, it's difficult. وَلِذَلِكَ, ولذلك خَفَّفَ اللَّهُ عَنَ الْمُسَافِرِ لِأَلَّا يَجْتَمِعَ عَلَيْهِ مَشَقَّتَانِ مَشَقَّةُ السَّفَرُ وَمَشَقَّةُ السَّيَامِ that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it easy for the one who is traveling and made sure that two difficulties don't come upon him at the same time. You've already got the difficulty of going on a long journey somewhere. On top of that, if you had the difficulty of fasting, it would become even more harder. So Allah decreed that those two difficulties do not come upon him at the same time. And that's why Allah said at the end of one of the ayat in Surah Al-Baqarah, يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرَ وَلِتُكْمِلُ الْعِدَّةِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants ease for you and not difficulty. And that you complete the uh, amount. So then, this is the issue of traveling. And fasting whilst you're traveling. In this hadith it now says that the Prophet ﷺ, he left Medina and he went to Mecca. خَرَجَ الْفَتْحِ The year when they went and opened up Mecca. When they conquered Mecca. And that was in the eighth year of Hijrah. Whilst they went out, and like we said, it's a long way. It's approximately 300 miles from here to London, even further. Takes In a car, it would take you three or four hours, let alone walking, walking on camels and horses. So they were out on this difficult journey in the heat, in the sand. All of that difficult journey, very hard. They were out on that journey going from Medina to Mecca. Whilst they were going, they were fasting. The Prophet ﷺ was fasting, it was Ramadan. They went there in Ramadan, this was, when the conquering of Mecca happened. So they were fasting. And the companions, they were fasting. Hatta until they reached, until the Prophet ﷺ reached, ila al ghamim. That's the name of a particular place on the, on the way. Ismu wadin bayna Mecca wal Madina, qareeb min Asfan. It's a name of a place between, it's a valley between Mecca and Medina, near a place called Asfan. And then the Shaykh explains why it's called Kura al Ghamim. But in any, play, in any case, that is a particular place on the journey towards Mecca. So they were fasting. Initially, they were all fasting. But when the Prophet ﷺ reached this particular valley, this particular place, Kura al Ghamim, then it's mentioned that he commanded them to bring him like a bottle or a bucket of water. Uh, like a, a utensil full of water. So, why was that the case? ذلك ليظهر للناس الإفطار حتى يفطروا. That was so that the Prophet ﷺ could show the people that you can break your fasts. We're on a journey. That's why he got this bucket, and it's mentioned he raised it up so everyone can see this water, and then he drank it. Everyone saw the Prophet ﷺ do it to allow them to know that it's allowed to break your fast. You don't have to fast whilst you're traveling. 
So the Prophet ﷺ did that publicly in front of them. Because the Prophet ﷺ is obviously the example to follow. So he raised the bucket up so the people could see and then he drank. So, he opened his fast that then he broke his fast that day. He didn't fast. He didn't fast that day. And in one narration it's mentioned that it was said to the Prophet ﷺ whilst they were fasting, that some people, it has become very difficult for them to fast. This therefore indicates the reason why the Prophet ﷺ announced to the people that you can open your fasts and took the bucket of water or the utensil of water and drank it in front of the people. Because it was said to him that fasting has become very difficult upon some of us. They were out on a long difficult journey in the heat and the sand. They said to the Prophet ﷺ, this fasting, we're fasting, it's very hard on this journey. So the Prophet ﷺ ordered for the water and he drank it publicly in front of them to show them that you can open your fasts whilst traveling. You don't have to fast whilst you are traveling. So when the people, they saw this, they opened their fast with the Prophet ﷺ and they didn't fast whilst you were traveling. Some of them. وَلَكِنْ بَعْضَ النَّاسِ اسْتَمَرُّوا صَائِمِينَ but some people, they continued fasting. Some of them, even though they saw that, and it's allowed to open your fast, some of them still continued fasting. So the Prophet ﷺ was told about that, that some people are carrying on fasting. So he said, That those people are sinning. Those people are sinning. They are sinners. This is a criticism, a dispraiseworthy comment from the Prophet ﷺ upon them. Because they opposed the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. So they were insisting upon carrying on fasting. So the Prophet ﷺ considered this sin of theirs as a sin, i.e. an opposition, an opposition to the sunnah. ذَٰلِكَ لِأَنَّ الَّذِي يَتْرُكُ الرُّخْصَ وَهُوَ مُحْتَاجٌ إِلَيْهَا يُعَدُّ عَاصِيًا That is because if someone is in need, if someone is in need of of an ease, of a facilitation, if someone is in need of something to be made easy for him, and it's made easy for him, but he still doesn't do it, even though he needs that ease, he needs to make something easy for himself, it's difficult. Then it's allowed. He's told you can make it easy for yourself, but he doesn't do it. That person is considered a sinner. Because he needs to make that facilitation and ease upon himself, but he doesn't do it. Makes it hard for himself. That's considered sinning. Because it is mentioned in one hadith, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ أَن تُؤْتَى رُخَصُهُ كَمَا يَكْرَهُ أَن يُؤْتَى أَوْ تُؤْتَى مَعْصِيَتُهُ in one hadith it is mentioned that Allah loves that you take the ease which Allah provides you just as Allah uh, hates or dislikes that you should do the sins which have been made, uh, are sins. So in the hadith it says when you have been given some ease, then you should take that ease. Allah loves that you take that ease. So for example in traveling now, the ease was given to them to open their fasts and not have to fast whilst they're traveling. It was difficult upon them, but still some of them carried on, so the Prophet ﷺ said they are sinners. Because they needed to open their fast, but they did not. I.e. that they are opposing sinners, i.e. they are opposing the command that was given. So this hadith, it indicates certain issues. Firstly, 
يدل على إباحة الإفطار في نهار رمضان المصافر. It indicates the permissibility of not fasting if you are traveling. If you are out on a journey somewhere, it indicates the permissibility of not having to fast during the day of Ramadan. Also, يدل على أنه ينبغي للقدوة من أهل العلم أن يعلنوا الأحكام الشرعية للناس حتى يعلموها ويعملوا بها لأنهم قدوة. Also, it indicates that the people of knowledge they should make public the rulings of Islam. So people look at them and they see them and they publicly do those things too. So you openly, like the Prophet did there, he got the water in front of everyone and he drank. So everybody knew he's not fasting. He's opened his fast. We're allowed to open our fasts. We don't have to fast whilst we're traveling. So that's something befitting that the people of knowledge should do. So in their behavior, people can learn from them and understand from them. And in their speech of how to behave and how to do things. Also, في الحديث دليل على أن المسافر إذا بدأ الصيام لم يزمه أن يتمه فنبي سلم لم يتم هذا اليوم. Also, it indicates that if a person he starts fasting in the morning, he starts fasting, but he's on a journey. In the morning, he started fasting, but he's on a journey. He is allowed to break the fast, even though he started it. Even though he started it in the morning, he's in the middle of his fast now, and it's an obligatory fast. But he's out on a journey, he's allowed to open it. If he's out on the journey and it's difficult, he's allowed to open it because that's what the Prophet did this in this hadith. They had started fasting initially. Originally they were fasting, but when they went out on the journey and the Prophet was told that it's difficult upon the people, then he allowed them to open the fast and to break it. Fourthly, في الحديث دليل على أن من خالف الرخصة وهو محتاج إليها فإنه يعد عاصيا لأن الله يحب منه فعل رخصة Hadith also indicates that a person who needs one of the ease and facilitations that Allah has provided him and he doesn't take it, he's considered a sinner. Because Allah loves that you should take the ease that has been provided to you. Fifthly, the hadith also indicates how Allah has made the religion easy for people. How Allah has made the religion easy for people and there's no difficulty upon the people. The next hadith. That hadith therefore indicates to you that if you're traveling, you don't have to fast. You can open your fast if you're traveling, you don't have to fast. In fact, the hadith indicates that if you're traveling and you're in need of opening your fast because it's difficult upon you, then you should definitely do that. If you don't, you're considered a sinner. You need to open your fast, it's difficult and you don't do it, that's not good. Yeah, in the morning, if you're still home and you're resident, then you're fasting. You open, you start fasting. But then in the middle of the day, you end up going somewhere on a journey, and you're traveling, then you can open your fast. You end up going on a journey. So in the morning, you wake up, you're here at home. You start fasting, you take the suhoor and you start fasting. Then in the middle of the day, you need to go to London. So you, so you set off on your journey to go to London. Now you can open your fast. Then when you set off on your journey, you can open your fast. Now you're traveling. That's what they did here. Initially, when they set off from Medina, they were fasting. But when they got into their journey and it became hard for everyone, then the Prophet allowed them to open their fast there and then in the middle of the journey. But now there's, there's more, we haven't finished yet. These hadith which are coming, they are also about traveling yet. The next hadith is also about traveling. Um, the next hadith now says, عن حمزة ابن عمر الأسلمي رضي الله عنه أنه قال 
Hamza ibn Amr al-Aslami radiyallahu anhu, he says that the Prophet said, or rather he said himself, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, أَجِدُ بِي قُوَّةً عَلَى الصِّيَامِ فِي الصَّفَرِ فَهَلْ عَلَيَّ جُنَاحِ He said, Ya Rasulullah, I find in myself energy and strength even when I'm traveling. Meaning, there's no problem. I can fast even when I'm traveling. I'm strong, I'm fit, I have energy in me. Even when I'm traveling, I find energy to be able to fast. It's not a problem for me. So is there any issue with that? Is there any, any sin upon me if I fast whilst I'm traveling? Because I've got energy, I can do it. When I'm traveling, there's no problem upon me. I can still fast. So is there any problem if I do that? فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, هِيَ رُخْصَةٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ The Prophet ﷺ said, it's an ease which Allah has given you. You can open your fast when you're traveling. It's an ease which Allah has given you. فَمَنْ أَخَذَ بِهَا فَحَسَنٌ So the one who takes that ease, then very good. That's a good act he's done. When he's traveling, he takes the ease Allah has given him, so he doesn't fast when he's traveling. That's good, the Prophet ﷺ says. وَمَنْ أَحَبَّ أَنْ يَسُومَ But whoever wishes to fast whilst he is traveling because he's got energy, strength, there's no problem, there's no difficulty, فَلَا جُنَاهَ عَلَيْهِ Then there is no issue upon him, there is no sin upon him. So this hadith indicates, hadith in Sahih Muslim, that if you have strength and you have energy and traveling doesn't affect you, there's no problem. You can travel to London and back in the same day and you can still be fasting, it doesn't affect you. If that's the case, then in the hadith, the Prophet says that Allah has given you the ease not to fast. So if you take that, it's good. But if you want to fast, then there's no issue and there's no sin upon you. So let's have a look at it in detail though. Here, Shaykh Saleh al-Fawzan says that Hamza ibn Amr al-Aslami radiallahu anhu, he asked the Prophet that he doesn't find any difficulty in fasting whilst traveling. So is there any issue upon him? Is there any problem in him fasting whilst he's traveling? So the Prophet said to him that it's an ease that Allah has given you. So whoever wishes to take that ease, then good. And whoever wishes to fast, then that's okay too. So this hadith, it clarifies the previous hadith. It gives you more details now. Because the hadith which came before it, الحديث الذي قبله في أن المسافر إذا كان يقوى على الصيام فهو مخير إن شاء صام وإن شاء أفطر أما إذا كان لا يقوى على الصيام ويشق عليه فإنه يتأكد في حقه الفطر فالفطر في حقه أفضل ولو صام فصيامه صحيح The previous hadith and this hadith if you put them together what do we end up with? We end up with that when you are traveling there is a license for you to open your fast and not fast That's proven if you are traveling on a journey, don't have to fast. The hadith which came before this one also indicates that if when you are traveling, you find it difficult to fast whilst traveling. In that instance, you should definitely not fast then. And if you do, then it's actually not a good thing to do. Allah's giving you the ease, even though it's hard for you, not to, for you to fast whilst traveling, you still don't take the ease, that's not good. But this hadith indicates if there isn't a problem, you're strong, you're fit, you've got energy, there's no harm upon you to fast whilst traveling, then in that case you can fast. So put it all together, indicates if you're weak and there's a problem and you can't do it, then you should not fast whilst traveling. If you are strong and you have energy and there's no problem, then you can fast if you want. And if you want, you can still not fast. 
even if you have energy and strength. Because that ease, that license is still there. Even if you're strong and fit, you don't have to fast if you don't want to, if you're traveling. The license is there. Some scholars say though, if you are strong and fit, and you're going out on a journey, and fasting isn't going to affect you in any way, then you should just fast. You should just do it. Because then, you're, you're filling or you're fulfilling the right upon you, which is to fast. And there's no burden on your shoulders. You don't have to think about afterwards, I've got a day to make up. If you're strong and healthy and there's no problem on you fasting and traveling, just do it. Then there's no day for you to make up afterwards. But some scholars say, no, Allah's given you the ease and the facilitation. So even if you are strong and healthy, take the ease and the facilitation and don't fast. So this is something that scholars have mentioned. But we'll come into that now here as well. Um, what about a person who it's hard for him to fast? And it's difficult for him to fast whilst traveling, but he still fasts. We know that's not good. He shouldn't be doing that. But is the fast correct or not then? Is the fast okay or not still? It is. The fast is still okay. He shouldn't be doing it because it's hard for him and he's traveling. So he should take the ease and not do it. But if he does it, then the fast is still okay. The fast is still correct. The point of that being that when the Prophet ﷺ said, Ula'ika al-usat, Ula'ika al-usat, those people are the sinners, those people are the sinners, the ones who carried on fasting, that doesn't mean that it's haram to fast when you are traveling. Because some people might understand that. They might say that the Prophet ﷺ said to those people who were fasting, they are sinners. Which would therefore mean that it's haram to fast whilst you're traveling. That's not the meaning of it. The meaning of it isn't that it's haram. Because we can see from this hadith now, the Prophet ﷺ said to Hamza, Radiallahu anhu that if you are strong then you can fast if you want. So it's not a case of it being haram to fast whilst you're traveling. That's not correct. It's about the difficulty and, not, and the lack of difficulty. Here the Shaykh breaks it down now. He says, In kana afdal. If it's hard for you to fast when you're traveling, then what's better for you to do? If it's hard for you to fast when traveling, then what's better for you to do? Not fast. وَإِنْ كَانَ لَا يَشُقُّ عَلَيْهِ الصَّيَامِ فَإِنَّ الْأَمْرُ مُتَعَادِلْ إِنْ شَاءَ صَامُ وَإِنْ شَاءَ If though you are strong and healthy and it doesn't affect you in any way, then, then what's the situation? Then actually you can say it's equal. It's up to you. If you want, you can fast. You're able to do it. There's no problem upon you, no difficulty, you can fast. But at the same time, 50-50, if you want to not fast, you don't have to. The license is still there. You can take the ease, you can take the rukhsa and say, I don't want to do it. That's okay too, 50-50. If you're healthy and strong, if you want to fast, you can fast. If you don't and you want to take the ease, you can take the ease. وَعَلَى كُلِّ حَالْفَ الصِّيَامُ فِي الصَّفْرِ صَحِيحِ خِلَافًا لِمَنْ ظَنَّ أَوْ رَأَى أَنَّ الصِّيَامَ فِي الصَّفْرِ لَا يَصِحِ وَأَنَّ عَلِهِ الْقَضَاءَ كَمَا تَقُولُهُ الظَّاهِرِيَّةِ Then the Shaykh mentions some of the other issues, but the reality is in summary, that therefore if it's difficult for you, then don't do it. Open your fast and make it up afterwards. If it's not difficult for you when traveling, then it's up to you. If you want to carry on fasting, then good. If not, it's up to you. You can break it and not fast and then just make it up afterwards. But the point to mention is that it is not haram to fast whilst traveling. Some people have the opinion that when you're traveling, you cannot fast. You have to break, you have to open it. You have to make it up afterwards. That's not the case. If you're traveling, you can fast if you want. You can do it and the fast is still correct. Right, after that, 
these hadith are they talking about fard fasts or nafil fasts? Everything. If they're talking about fard, then nafil is the same. Because fard is higher. So everything. Fard, nafil, obligatory, optional, all of these rulings, they count. You can open your fast, you don't have to fast, it's up to you. That all counts in the traveling. Next hadith. Uh, the next hadith it says wa asluhu fil muttafaqun alayhi min hadith Aisha anna Hamzata anna Hamzata ibn Amr sa'al the next hadith al-Hafid ibn Hajr just mentions it to prove that the previous hadith is authentic that it's also in Sahih al-Bukhari but then after that we'll conclude on this one an ibn Abbas radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma qal ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhu radiyallahu anhuma he said رخص للشيخ الكبير أن يفطر ويطعم عن كل يوم مسكينا ولا قضاء عليه. In this hadith Ibn Abbas he says that the Prophet said, or rather he says that himself he says that the permission has been given to somebody who is old in age. Somebody who is old in age and it's hard for him to fast he can't do it. Then there is a permission for somebody like that. There is a license for someone like that to not fast. وَيُطْعِمْ عَنْ كُلِّ يَوْمٍ مِسْكِينَ And instead he has to give food for every day that he misses to a poor person, to somebody who is miskin. وَلَا قَضَى عَلَيْهِ And there is no making it up afterwards. If an old person, he can't fast, then you're not going to say to him, you have to make it up afterwards too. He's old, he can't fast. Then he feeds the people and he doesn't have to make it up. So what's the meaning of the hadith in detail? The shaykh says, This is another category of people that are allowed not to fast. The first one was the one that we just mentioned, the, the travelers, that's it, the people in jail, the travelers, the travelers don't have to fast. And now al-thani, the second type now, al-kabir al-harm. Old people, somebody who's very old, very weak, they don't have the ability to fast. They can't do it. They're too old in age and weak and fragile. They're not able to fast. So the Shaykh says, الشيخ الكبير الذي لا يستطيع الصيام وعقله ثابت فهذا يؤمر بالفدية ولا صيام عليه Somebody who's very old in age and his mind is still intact. We're not talking about somebody who, who uh, I believe the word is senile. Somebody who's grown old in age and they've lost their mind. We're not talking about that kind of person. Somebody who's old in age and their mind is still intact. They know everything, they're intelligent still. But they're just old in age and weak and fragile. Their bodies can't take fasting. For those types of people, they don't have to fast. But there's a fidya. There's something that they have to do in exchange. Which is, اِطْعَامُ miskin an kulli yom. They have to feed the poor person for every day. مقدار نصف ساع عن كل يوم half a sa' of every day kilo wa nisf عن كل يوم a kilogram and a half every day ولا صيام عليه and there's no fasting upon him then ولا قضاء عليه and he doesn't have to make it up old in age he can't fast he doesn't have to fast he just feeds a poor person every day a kilogram and a half وهذا كما في قوله تعالى and this is Allah said in the Quran وَعَلَى الَّذِينَ يُطِيقُونَهُ فِدْيَةٌ طَعَامٌ مِسْكِينَ For those who are able, then they have to give the 
feeling of the poor person, the fidya. ومعنى يطيقونه يعجزون عن الصيام أي those who are not able the ones who are not able then their exchanges they have to give some food to poor people and that is the one who is old in age but also somebody else too not just somebody who is old in age but somebody else can do that too who else is allowed not to fast at all and instead just give poor people the food somebody who is not just ill but chronically ill Somebody who has an illness that's never going to get better. Doctor says to him, this illness is going to be with you for the rest of your life. Chronic illness. He's always going to have that illness, he's never going to get cured. So he can't fast. He's never going to be able to fast. He's never going to be cured so he can make up the fasts. So for him, he doesn't have to fast. Instead, he feeds the poor people also. And that's possible. Some people have these chronic illnesses. There's no cure to them. There's no possible way to get out of them, doctors don't know what's going on with them, they're just going to have this chronic illness for the rest of their lives. So those people know fasting, but they feed the people instead, the poor people. What about a person who is ill, but it's not chronic? It is expected that he will become better at some point. What's the ruling upon him? Ah, so a person who is ill, الْمَرِيضَ الَّذِي يُرْجَى شَفَاءُهُ فَهَذَا يُفْتِرْ He's allowed to break his fast if he's ill. If it's hard to fast, if he's ill whilst he is ill, if it's too hard for him to fast when he's ill, then he doesn't have to fast. But then what does he have to do? He has to make it up afterwards, once he gets better. Once he gets better, he has to make it up. There are a number of days, if you are ill or on a journey, then you have to make them up from other days afterwards. هذا في المريض الذي يرجى شفاؤه يفذر ويقضي this is a person who is ill, but you expect him to get better, then afterwards he makes up those days. So here, we have different types. Different types of people who are allowed not to fast. Remember these now, different types of people who are allowed not to fast. Firstly, the person who is traveling. Somebody who is traveling, he's allowed not to fast. We just mentioned that now. Somebody who is traveling is allowed not to fast. If it's very difficult for him to fast whilst traveling, then it's better for him to not fast. If it's no problem, he can do it, then he has a choice. If he wants, he can fast. If he doesn't want to, he can leave it. But the point being, somebody who's traveling is allowed to leave the fast. Secondly, a person who is ill is allowed not to fast. But somebody who's ill is two types. Somebody who is chronically ill, then that person, he feeds a poor person for every day. And he doesn't have to make it up. Second type is somebody who is temporarily ill. He waits till he gets better and then makes up those days. The third type of person who doesn't have to fast is somebody who's old in age. That individual, he just feeds people, poor people for every day and he doesn't have to make it up. The fourth type of person who doesn't have to fast is the menstruating woman and the postnatal bleeding woman. Then for those two women, they don't fast during that period of blood loss in menstruation and postnatal bleeding. And what they have to do afterwards, once it finishes, once the period finishes, once the postnatal bleeding finishes, that they then have to make up the fast. And they don't have a choice. When they are in menstruation, when they are in postnatal bleeding, it is haram for them to fast. They're not allowed. They don't have a choice. It's not like the traveler. The traveler had a choice. The women who are in menstruation and postnatal bleeding don't have a choice. They cannot fast. 
Afterwards when it finishes, they make them up. And even if they did fast, it wouldn't be accepted. It's not correct. It's not allowed. That therefore indicates to you the categories of people who fasting is not obligatory upon them. They are the different types so far. That's what we mentioned. The traveler, the sick person, the old person, and the women on menstruation and postnatal bleeding. So in summary, this, the traveling person, if he's strong, then what's his options? He can fast or he can not fast. It's up to him. If he's weak and he can't really do it, then what should he do? He shouldn't fast then. In that case, he shouldn't fast in traveling. If he does though, somebody who fasts while traveling, is the fast okay though? Huh? But is the fast okay though? The fast is okay though still. Somebody who's ill. Uh, and if he does open the fast, then he has to make it up afterwards obviously, once he finishes traveling. Somebody who's ill, but temporarily, he's going to get better afterwards. What does he have to do? Once he gets better, make it up. He can break his fast in those days when he's ill, he can't do it. Then he can make it up afterwards. Somebody who's chronically ill, who can't make them up, then he just feeds the people. Somebody who's old in age, can't fast, feed the people. And does he have to make it up as well afterwards? Of course not. Menstruating woman and postnatal bleeding woman, are they allowed to fast? They're not even allowed to fast. When they're in that time of menstruation and postnatal bleeding, they're not even allowed to fast. And afterwards they have to make it up. That's it. Inshallah, we'll conclude there now. We'll carry on tomorrow after Salat al-Asr, inshallah.